Hello and welcome to the podcast of Vineyard Church here in Maryville, Tennessee. We post our Sunday messages here each week, as well as our conversations episodes, which include interviews, special announcements, and in-depth teaching. You can visit vineyardchurch.us to learn more about us or to access the audio archive. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And now, here's the episode. We've got something to celebrate here, so let's hear it. This is exciting, guys. Happy birthday, Vineyard! All right! Yeah! It's our anniversary. We're 19. Yeah! That's a lot. 19. Now, I know when we celebrate a 19th that most people are like, I don't know, call me when it's 20, you know, <laughs> like it'll be a bigger deal next year. And okay, it will. But this is a big deal too, you know, like 19 is a long time and we're starting our 20th year now, if you think about it. So that's kind of cool. My wife has been excited about our 20th anniversary for quite some time now because she got confused. And I remember her, I was, uh, I heard her talking with someone. And she was talking about how we were moving into the building and, you know, things were coming together and God had provided and it was going to be so great, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, it's going to be so exciting because we're going to get there. And right after that, we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary. And she was all excited about it. And then I pulled her to the side and I said, so we are going to celebrate our 20th anniversary in the new building. We're just, we're just going to do the 19th first. And she was like, oh, ooh. I said, how many people did you tell that? She goes, I a lot. I told a lot of people <laughs> that our 20th is coming up. So um, if you were misinformed by my bride, uh, apologies, and uh, come back next year. We'll celebrate, we'll celebrate the 20th. And I'm actually glad it's our 19th. Uh, people ask me, um, this is a whole thing, you know, but when I turned 30, people were like, oh, you're 30. Are you okay? I mean, like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, it's a zero for me. I don't care at all. That's great. Um, and then I turned 40, and they're like, more people were like, ah, 40, middle age, are you all right? And I'm like, I, no, really, I, it's a zero. I don't care at all. It's great. I was like, I felt 40 for years, so this <laughs> seems right. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't feel old. No, it's great. Um, but here's the thing. The idea of this church turning 20, that makes me feel old. <laughs> so I'm glad it's our 19th. I think we should keep it at 19 for a few years, kind of like some of you did with 29. You know, just hold on a little longer because 20 sounds like a a whole lot. But anyway, it's a great day. It's a good day uh, to be here and to celebrate. So thanks for worshiping with us today. Uh, We're going to do sort of a kind of a grab bag of stuff to talk through today. Just a couple of things we need to, I kind of get through a little list here. Uh, some, Some housekeeping while the family's here gathered, giant living room style. Um, so we'll do some stuff like that, and then I will, do, I will do a brief sermon from Psalm 61, and don't look at me like that. It will be a brief sermon by my own personal standards, and you may or may not agree that it was indeed brief, but that really kind of is the goal. So we are going to get to Psalm 61, but it's going to be uh, just a minute. First, I want to take a second on this one. Uh, baptisms are happening here next Sunday, so that's our first baptisms uh, in the new building. So I'm really excited about that. And, you know, there's a handful of folks, or actually I think quite a few actually lined up ready to be baptized this coming Sunday. 
So come and bring your friends and, and celebrate. It's such a good time, actually, uh, to bring people into the life of the church because there's something, there's something really powerful about seeing on display uh, the old is gone, the new has come. And so as we celebrate together, I encourage you to make it a priority to be here. It's a good time to bring some friends as well. Um, and then also, I just want to take a pause here, make sure you all hear this. If you have not been baptized since making your own personal decision to follow Jesus, then we would love to talk to you about baptism, okay? Or maybe you just have questions about it, or I kind of did a thing. Does that count? Like, do you want to work it through? just want you to know, I would love for you to grab the Connect card uh, from the chair back in front of you. Write the word baptism the way you'd like for us to contact you. We'll reach out ASAP because we would love to talk to you about baptism. If you have any questions, if you already know, man, I want to get baptized uh, one week from today, then let's go. I'm fired up to do it. If you got questions, you won't be, you know, pushed or uh, in no arm twisting at all. We're not trying to hit a quota or anything, um, but we'd love to have that conversation. It's such a beautiful and important step uh, for a follower of Christ, So, um, and you don't want to skip that step. Christ was so, so clear about it. So, so there's that. Um, if you have any questions or, or any interest in being baptized uh, a week from today, be sure to uh, write that on a card and let us know. So, that's one thing. Here's another thing for us to talk about. It's funny, I've had a number of people come to me over the, uh, since we moved here into the new building and come to me at different times and say, Aaron, are you ever going to like talk about the giant neon sign in the lobby? <laughs> like It just says next steps in bright neon letters and we haven't said a word about it and it's empty in there. Like what is going on? Uh, it kind of makes me laugh that people have asked for me to talk about next steps because I predict a year from now you will be so sick of hearing about next steps because we are going to talk about it a lot. It is a big deal. We don't put it in bright neon letters unless it's a big deal. Um, so that uh, room is a classroom uh, where people who are new to the life of our church will get a full-on crash course about who we are about what we believe, about what we're about, what the vineyard is, our, our mission, our vision, just like the scoop on all the stuff. That's going to happen in a three-week class, stay with me, three-week class that will happen on Sunday mornings. Um, and it will rotate between happening in the early service at 9.15 and the late service at 11. So it'll be sort of a month in the early service, and then we'll do it again uh, uh, for a month in the later service as we sort of work through that way. People uh, can attend the class and still worship in the service that they're accustomed to uh, worshiping in. And we're going to offer those. It's going to be on an ongoing basis. So not every single month. We're still working out the frequency of that and how that's going to go. But it will be offered most of the time, most months of the year. This class will be offered on an ongoing basis. And again, it will provide clear steps uh, for how you can get plugged into the life in the community of our church. If, you're, if you've been around for a while and you know this is your home and, and you connect with someone new, I want to ask you, encourage them to come step in and uh, join us for a next step class, things like that. Um, we'll talk more about that. But here's another thing. And this is a big one, okay? Um, this class will double as our membership class, okay? Um, so this is the one prerequisite for stepping into membership um, in our church. So <clears throat> let's talk about membership now for a bit because that's something different. Um, we have done, if you've been around the church for a long time, then you kind of know this. Um, we've done this sort of on-again, off-again thing with membership over the years. I'm going to be very clear. That's, we have done that. That's totally my fault. Um, this is why. Um, membership is, in some cases, um, 
turned into something that it's not. And in the worst cases, uh, which I shouldn't let dictate my thinking, but in the worst cases, um, it can be used as a way to control people or manipulate people or to even shame people. Um, and I cannot stand that. I think that's so icky and wrong. And I want to be very clear. We do not want to go anywhere near any of that, and we won't. That's not what this is about, period. Okay, so you might have like a memory or a, well, is that why they did that? Like floating out there, I just want to be very clear. This is, this is not that. But there's, there is this sort of inescapable thing. It's just so practical. Um, there is a real and genuine need to know who identifies with this church as their home. And who doesn't? That's just really important. Then as, as uh, new folks come in or you've been around, like people are considering whether or not this is their church home. There are people right now going, you know, I don't actually know. I don't know about this thing or that thing, but I'm wondering if this is home. Maybe this is our place. There's stuff you need to know first in order to make a wise decision about that. We need to make that information really readily av- available to you. Okay. So this is profoundly practical. Okay. And our hesitation, my hesitation really to, to fully lean into membership, I'm afraid it has kept us from serving one another as well as we could have along the way. Um, so uh, in that sense, it's very practical. We, wanna, we, want to, we want to do better, honestly, I think, and I think this is part of it. So uh, quickly, though, in case you're filling in some of your own blanks, um, maybe you've been members at churches or at places before. I just want to be very clear. Uh, membership at the Vineyard is nothing at all like membership at like a country club, for example. If you have any experience with that, I want to be, I want to be very clear. Depending on what your expectations are, just be very clear. Um, if you become a member at the Vineyard, there are no perks. There's like you don't get a special anything. Okay, so no priority parking or reserved back row seating. Uh, members do not get like special communion wafers that don't taste like cardboard. We all, we're all in it together. <laughs> okay. We do it all. It's not like that at all. There are no upgrades, no upgrades. And if you're not a member, there are no downgrades. Uh, I know this is a horrible sales pitch, but that's the reality. There's no downgrades. We're not taking anything, nothing like that. You can serve, you can lead, you can participate all throughout the life of our church, whether you're a member or not. The only exception is that you have to be a member to be on our staff or serve on our board. Um, and that's it. And that's it. Um, but plain and simple, if we're going to take good care of one another, and I think, we, by the way, we do take good care of one another. I want us to take even better care of one another. If we're going to do that really well and do it hopefully better, we, just, we need to know who calls this home. And if you're a follower of Jesus, it's really important for you to know who your spiritual family is. And it's important for you to know where you, you know, you've decided, you know, you're going to put down your roots and your place where you're connected, where you serve, where you give, where you grow, a place that you are known, where you refuse to be anonymous, etc. A place where, here's the thing important, you can know about the flaws and the shortcomings and the warts and remain committed and engaged in spite of those things. All right? If you think, oh, but there are no flaws at the vineyard, um, you're so new here. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. But we've got them, you know, just like every other body of believers for sure. But to know those things and go, but yeah, but this is home and this is our uh, community. You can't have community without commitment. I'll say it again. You can't have community in, in this context or any other without commitment. We have to really invest in one another. So 
All I'm saying is, if this is your place, then, like, come on in, man. You know, come on in and, and put down your bags and, and get unpacked and, and settle in. That's what membership is about, about really identifying that. So, here's the thing. We want, we want everybody to take the next steps class. Everybody. And if right now you're going, I actually, yeah, not everybody, because I've been here like a million years. I was like, okay, 19 at max, okay? And there are not many of you, okay? Uh, I know, uh, but here's the thing. So much has changed over the life of our church. Um, so many things have shifted along the way. Not our theology, not our values, but like things have, have shifted, especially even in the last years. We've been moving and we're kind of working out some new stuff, new ways uh, for things to roll. So um, we want to ask everyone in our church to take this class. Now, let's talk about the logistics of that. Um, the fact is, um, in that little classroom that you saw back there, uh, to offering that class once a month for a few months a year, it would take years for all of us to take that class. And so what we're going to do is offer a church-wide next step class right here in the big room, okay, in the sanctuary. That's October 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. And you're like, that's a long time. It is. Hunker down. It's going to be fine. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of information. It's three classes sort of squeezed into one. Uh, but we're going to do it right here October 22nd. One night, we're going to, we're going to make it fun. We're going to try to. But the idea really is to just is to sit down and sit in front of the fire hose and take in all the information. Because we don't have secrets. We don't want to do secrets. We want you to know the answers to the questions you didn't even think to ask. That's what we're trying to do. Um, and to do it like that all at once, I, I, will look, I will admit it's not the ideal way to do it, but so many of you have been here for a long time, and you kind of know the way that we roll, you know the ins and the outs, so you can take that in um, quickly. And, and then from there, you can, you can decide on membership when you have all the information in front of you. You get a nice little booklet to summarize it and everything as well. So then, once we've done the mega class in here... Then we can use our uh, ongoing Sunday morning next step classes to welcome in new folks and let them get connected and fully informed and take the next steps and stuff like that. Okay, so look at me now, everybody right here. Look at me. Uh, this is really important night. It really is. So I'm asking you to make it a really high priority. Make it a high priority to attend. Okay, And if you're thinking, what do you mean by high priority? Here's what I mean. I mean, cancel the thing. I mean, move the dates around so that you can make it happen at that time. I mean, miss the practice. I mean, move things around to make it go. Like, let's come in together, get all on the same page together. And then, if you just absolutely positively cannot make it happen, then you can, it's fine. You can sign up for one of the Sunday morning classes and knock it out then. It'll be okay. Um, we're gonna, you're going to be hearing lots and lots more about this. Just so you know, we're going to do registration. Uh, because if indeed you guys do all show up, we, we'll have to stop at some point because we'll break the kids' ministry. So, um, so, but there'll be stuff there for kids. We're going to register for that. We may have to cut it off at some point, but we're going to kind of wait and see how that goes. But for now, save the date, okay? October 22nd, no one, like, no one nodded back at me. I need it. Save the date, okay? Oh, yes. You're smiling and nodding. Half of you, the other half are like, just move on. We get it, okay? And okay, I will move on, okay? And we can pray. But save the date. Okay, now we'll move on. Now we'll move on. Yeah, let's pray. 
Uh, Lord, we have so much to celebrate, and today as we uh, just look back and go, man, 19 years, 19 years what we have seen is your unwavering faithfulness every step along the way. Lord, you have been faithful, and we're so grateful. And in this, this church, we've experienced, you know, all the things, all the things that happen in a church, you know, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly, all of it, but yet, man, we've really experienced your favor here. And many people have come to know you and walk with you, God. You've done really beautiful things. We're so, so grateful. And so grateful, God, that you've invited us to be a part of what you're doing here through this ministry, God. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, for anyone who's sort of wrestling with the baptism question, I just ask that you give them a clear direction, that they would take that next step, fill out the car, Lord, just so they can connect with us, so we can have that conversation, so that we can walk in obedience to the things that you have led us to do as believers. And, and then, Lord, as we do transition with this next step class and provide more paths for people to get involved and known and connected, and, and we institute uh, membership so that we can care for one another better, I just ask that you would, um, you would help us to do that just in the best possible way, in the most glorifying to you way, Lord, and that it would be pleasing to you at every turn. Now, Lord, as we look to uh, your word, um, I just ask that we adhere and receive what you have for us. I ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in this room, even as it is in heaven. Amen. All right. All right. So we're going to be in Psalm 61, as I said earlier, if you want to find that. Uh, I love Psalm 61. It's one of my favorites. There's something, I think there's just something really clear um, in this. I want to take a few minutes for us to to look at it. We're actually hitting, just for the day, uh, hitting pause on the Pray series. We're going to go right back to how to pray next week, um, although this is kind of related as, as well. Um, Psalm 61 here, these first couple of verses are the cries of a desperate man, and already I feel like I can relate to the text. Desperation. Yep, I know about some of that. Something I can relate to. And I want you to hear and note just the intensity, the desperation In David, he's the author, in his voice as he's writing here. So Psalm 61, verse 1, oh God, listen to my cry, exclamation point, okay? He's not apparently entirely certain that he's going to be listened to, so he's probably not a whisper. He's probably shouting, God, listen to my cry. He says, I'm crying, I'm crying. Maybe he's crying or maybe he's just crying, but he's crying. God, listen to my cry, exclamation point. Hear my prayer, exclamation point, verse 2. From the ends of the earth, everywhere, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Okay, it's overwhelmed. It's too much. I can't take it all in. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety. There, I, there's a safe place. I need to get to a safe place. I am not safe. I am not okay. <laughs> That's what's happening. Desperate man, full-on panic. What I love about Psalm 61 is starts very honestly, and it starts like the beginning of a Christopher Nolan film, if you guys follow that guy at all. Uh, incredible director, and he's my favorite. And uh, you should also know, by the way, Inception is the greatest movie of all time. It is my absolute favorite. Uh, and don't judge me for that if you do. It says more about you than me because it's great. I love Inception. It is brilliant and weird, and I don't even understand it yet, and it's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, anyway, That movie, like virtually all Christopher Nolan movies, start the same way with just total chaos. 
just you just dive headlong into this hyper intense, super crazy scene. It's often a war scene. It's frantic. Bullets are flying. People are running for their lives. Uh, nothing makes sense. It's disorienting and discombobulated. Nobody knows what's happening. We don't know what's happening as the viewers. It starts in an absolute frenzy, and that's how Psalm sixty-one starts too. I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on with our boy David here, but he is a mess. He is a mess. And I picture him, just for what it's worth, maybe you'll picture it along with me. I picture him just running, full sprint, like dead sprint, everything he's got, arms going, like Tom Cruise running. Everything he's got, he's running, dead sprint, screaming as he goes, screaming to God for help. Verse 1 is, God, please listen. God, please help. Verse 2 is, I'm overwhelmed. The bullets are flying. I need shelter. And then, verse 3, you remember something very important, something vital. He says this, for you, God. Yeah, he's remembering you. You are my safe refuge. You're the fortress that I can run to, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. So he's panicking, saying, you got to hear me. you got to listen to me right now. I'm desperate right now. I need a place to go. And then he remembers, I actually have a place to go. The Lord is my shelter. I can run to him, So now I picture him, still Tom Cruise running, but he turns a little bit and he's got a glimmer of hope in his eye that maybe he's going to survive and he starts running in the direction of the Lord. I, there is a place I can go, I can be protected. And still chaos and the bullets are still flying, but fortunately like any good action flicks, all the bad guys are terrible shots. So he's, it's like a thousand bullets, they all miraculously seem to miss him, okay? And as he's running dead sprint, you see the place of refuge suddenly pull into focus. He takes a couple more steps and he dives headlong into the place of refuge while the door is being opened for him. And as he does, there's a bit of slow motion here. You can see the bullets whizzing by him. One catches him on the leg, but he'll be okay. And then he barrel rolls in through the door, slams against the back wall, injured but alive. That's how David comes to the Lord. That's how a lot of people come to the Lord. For a lot of people, that's the only way they come to the Lord. And they're absolutely desperate. Completely out of options or alternatives, nowhere else to turn. All plans have failed. The mission is a bust. And then they turn to the Lord. And this is the part, actually, that we don't even have to be taught um, because it's intuitive. Um, if you're desperate enough, you turn to God. And that's kind of, it's pretty universal. Like, it's everybody. People who don't even believe that they believe in God, turn to the God that they believe they don't believe in if they get desperate enough. And here's the thing. It works. It works. Every time. Every time. It works. Because he is who he says he is. He is a strong tower. He is the shelter. He is the safe place that we can run into and find refuge. He is the fortress. That's all true. And every time, hear me, every single time he opens the door as we approach, welcoming us in every time. And we dive in or we limp in, dragging our leg behind us, or we crawl in injured but alive. I was thinking about this and our tendency to do that. 
um, and it reminded me of a chiropractor in town. It's right in the middle of town on Broadway. They've got a little sign um, that every time I see it, I've never been there, but every time I see that sign, I was like, I want to go there. I like these people because it says, Crawlins, welcome. You guys know that one? Every time I'm like, I like them. That's, that's clever. Crawlins, welcome. Uh, so it is with God. When we need shelter, crawlins are welcome every time. You, you, you can come at no appointment necessary, and you can bleed on his couch anytime you need to. But then, I love this, the next verse, David has his next epiphany. The next thing he, that he has lost sight of now pulls into focus. That's verse 4. He's in the shelter, he starts looking around, and he says this, Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. So, think about it. David now, safe with the Lord, catches his breath, maybe gets all bandaged up, the adrenaline starts to seep down. And in a quiet moment, while he's still recovering, he starts looking around to this place that he's dove into and kind of getting the lay of the land. And he realizes, you know, this isn't, this isn't just a fallout shelter for the most desperate people. Looks around and goes, this is it's like a house. Actually, this is like a home. And he starts leaning into that and looking more closely. And he, as he does, he starts to appreciate the style of it. Like, actually, I like this place. And he goes, it's funny. It's like it's furnished and it's decorated with all my favorite things, actually. This, I, this place is great. And then eventually he starts putting it all together. And he goes, wait a minute. I, I've been here before. I know I've been here before. And then he starts to realize it becomes clearer and clearer. Wait, this isn't just any home. This is my home. This is where I belong. This is where I'm supposed to be. It's where I'm supposed to stay. And he looks around and suddenly it's really obvious. Like all his favorite foods are in the fridge and his, his name's embroidered on all of the linens and the butt print in the couch. It's just perfectly his. He goes, this is my place. And he goes, this isn't just a place for me to crash. This is a place for me to live. This is, this is home. I'm supposed to stay. I'm not just allowed, I'm welcome, I'm home. And then he starts to wonder what I think many of us have wondered perhaps maybe many times before as he looks around and realizes that he runs under the shelter of our king's, um, under the shelter of his wings, he realizes, why don't, why don't I just stay here? Like, I've, I've been here before. Why did, I guess I left. Why did I ever leave this place? Why would I ever want to leave this place? This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I belong. I'm supposed to be here with the Lord. I don't even remember. Apparently I ran out. Apparently I ran out chasing other things or lesser things. And I never should have left. Why did I leave? And now, this time, I want to stay. Again, that's verse 4. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. So he's looking around, can I, can I stay? And the answer, every time, 
every time from the same God who opened the door for him in the first place is, yeah, yeah, you can stay. Of course you can stay. I set this all up for you. I suffered and died so that you could be here. Yeah, stay, stay right here. That's the plan. And so here's what we do. We, we decide. Done. We will. We will stay. Why would we ever leave? Lesson learned. Let's just, let's just walk with Jesus. Let's stay right here where we belong in the place that he set up for us. Let's just walk with Jesus hour by hour, day by day. Lesson learned. And it's a lesson that we usually forget. Because somehow we end up walking away. We end up leaving again. And the thing is, you never decide to. Like, today's the day I leave the shelter. Like, that's never the plan. You just, it just happens. And then we look around one day and we end up in a place where we're not walking with Jesus. It's, it's like the movie Inception, okay? Um, which maybe watching Inception should be the second requirement for membership. It's just a thought. I'm workshopping it. Maybe that's what we'll do during the class. That's not what we'll do. It won't be that much fun. Um, but you should come. Save the date. October 22nd. Um, but <laughs> uh, it's like in the movie Inception, this sort of clever thing is pointed out. That in a dream, when you're in a place, you never re- really remember how you got there. You're just sort of there. That's how this works. Because you decided and you're determined to walk with Jesus every single day without fail. This time it's happening. And you never decided not to. But one day you just look around and you're not sure how you got there. But you're not home anymore. And then what happens is, as you sort of clue into that reality, your eyes then sort of focus on what's all around you. And you realize, not only am I not home, I'm in the soup again, man. Like I'm, I'm in the mess all over again and the bullets are flying all over the place, and then I better run to back to that shelter, and then it starts the process all over again. So look, I don't know about you, but I've been through that cycle enough. Enough. I want to walk with Jesus. Why can't I just learn that once and for all and stay? I want so desperately to be a man who has the wisdom to stay locked in and to keep in step with Jesus. And hour by hour, day by day, and then not chase after the next dumb, lesser thing. The thing is, and you know this, we don't always learn our lessons, do we? Like There's a difference between knowing better and doing better, as we often say. And we don't always learn our lessons. Just think about how we don't always learn our lessons. And I remembered a story. I have a friend. It's a crazy story. Um, it started the way many crazy stories began. He went to Taco Bell. So he goes to Taco Bell. <laughs> he goes to Taco Bell. He gets his burrito. He opens up his burrito. He's going to squirt some sauce on it or something. Fire sauce if he's living right. But that's not a requirement for membership either. So, But he's about to squirt the fire sauce on there. And then he takes a second and he looks. And that, that doesn't look right. And he, he looks closely, he starts digging around, and you know what he finds? Are you listening to me right now? I need you to pay attention to me right now. You know what he finds in his burrito at Taco Bell? A piece of a retainer. Uh, yeah, a retainer! 
And I remember talking to him. I was like, look, man, you don't have to lie to be my friends. You don't have to make up stories. I think you're great. But there's no way you found a piece of a retainer. He pulls out a picture and shows it to me. It was clearly, clearly like a good-sized chunk of a retainer in his burrito. Here's the thing. Look, I haven't even got to the weird part of the story yet. You want to hear the weird part? Here's the weird part. He still goes to Taco Bell. That's the weird part. The day that he was like, yeah, I'll go back. I'm going to, we'll go there one more time. Like, what in the world? That's, that's how, that's the weird part of the story. So, yeah, we don't, we don't always learn our lessons. Sometimes about Taco Bell, you know, just 3 a.m. Like, wh- why am I here right now? Um, so knowing better doesn't always mean doing better. And learning the lesson doesn't mean we stay having learned our lesson. So how do we, how do we turn this corner? Because I'm not talking about something you don't want to do. Um, how do we learn the lesson and keep walking with Jesus, which is what we want to do anyway? Uh, the text actually gives us a hint. And actually, I actually think it's the key. So here we go. Next verse, verse 5. For you have heard my vows... Oh, God, you've given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name. So don't run past that. He looks around and realizes, no, this is, this is home. This is where I'm supposed to be. Why would I ever leave? I want to stay here. Can I stay here? Yes, you can stay here. I want to be in step with Jesus. Can I do that? Yeah, absolutely. That's the design. Of course, the answer is yes. And so he says, okay, well, then here are my vows. Here are the vows that I will make to that end. Thing is, outside of marriage ceremonies, we don't really ever talk about vows. Hardly ever. I think there's perhaps a tremendous loss in that. As the people of God, hear me, we should be people whose days are governed by our carefully chosen vows. More than a a mental assent to the idea of walking with Jesus, a mental assent that you have very likely made and possibly have made many, many times. More than just a mental assent to the idea of walking with Jesus, here are my vows. This is what I will commit to do. What vows will you make to walk with Jesus that will anchor you? That that will keep you from looking around one day as if in a dream and saying, how did I get here again? I decided not to come back here. I decided to stay there. I decided to walk with Jesus hour by hour and day by day, and I'm not. And what happened? I decided I wouldn't just run to Jesus when I was desperate, but that I would live by Jesus day by day. What happened? Hear me. You can't, you won't have the anchor that you want to have unless you have genuine vows to hold you. That's what it means to mature, to, to grow in life with Jesus. It's not, 
It's not heavy-handed. It's not legalistic. It's, it's not about rules. It's about seeing to it that our lives are governed by our own values, the things that we actually want the most. And I love the way the chapter ends. Verse 8, so clear. Then I will sing praises to your name forever as I fulfill my vows each day. And that's, that's the picture. That's, that's the beautiful ideal. Godly men, godly women, their lives governed by the vows that they have made, not tossed to and fro by whatever it is the world throws their way, but anchored in the vows that they have made and that govern their coming and their going. More than the mental ascent. Okay, so what vows do we need to make? That's an important question. There's a, there's a very, very long answer to that. So hunker down. Um, no, there's a very long answer to that, and there's a very short answer to that. I'm going to give the very short one, don't worry, at least for today. But before I do, let me just tell you this. In the coming months, and no exaggeration, in the coming years, we're going to be talking a lot about what it means to live our lives as people who are true to their carefully chosen vows. And as a direct result then, become the people who live in accordance with their own values, what they actually want for their lives. Instead of just letting life happen to them, uh, they become anchored in what they value the most. So there's a long answer coming to that. Um, but here's, here's the short one. Okay? Uh, if you want to walk with Jesus, instead of just, just running to him in desperation when things are falling apart, if that's what you want, then I think you need to make vows um, first around three areas. Now, one of which is clearly first, and then these, these, these three, I think, create really the foundation. There, there are more, okay? But the truth is, if you, if you really embrace the first, the next two just kind of come along with it, and that becomes true with the other vows that, that we might make. But this is, the, I'm, I'm pretty convinced at least, this is the first one you make. The first of the three vows that you make is around prayer. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you, um, I, you just agree with me. Prayer is a big deal. Prayer is really important. Prayer is how we develop intimacy and connection and relationship with God. No one disagrees. Yes, super important. And then we measure that against our own lives and go, did I, did I just make a mental ascent to the idea of prayer? Or did I make vows? Vows, by the way, carefully chosen, carefully worded, often written down, often shared with others. Did I make vows to become a person of prayer? And then inevitably from that, a form of prayer, which is the study of Scripture. And then inevitably from that, you can't be anchored in Scripture and not be also anchored in a community. Look around. That becomes, I, I think, the three that are our core. First prayer, Scripture, community. They reinforce one another. That's where you would think about those first three vows. But first, really, it starts right there, prayer. And I wonder if you would think about the distinction, the distinction between making another mental ascent where you agree that indeed prayer is vital, if not central to life with Jesus, the difference between that and making a vow. 
that anchors you moving forward. So um, let's pray about that now. Let me invite you to stand. As we move into prayer, I, I think you'll find it helpful to close your eyes. That's not a rule at all. You can extend your hands as we often do, also not a rule. If it's in scripture, you can do it. So if you want to move around or kneel or anything like that, please don't hesitate to do so. But as we do this, can you just take a moment now and just reflect? Can you kind of like, can you just do a little check-in? And, and so, so much of our lives, I, I think we, life just happens to us instead of the other way around. And we can end up in a fog and not even know it. But can you, can you just stop and focus the eyes of your heart and see if you can't see through the fog and can you just, like, take inventory? Like, where are you right now? Like, are you in the shelter of his wings? Are you home? Are you anchored? The, the, the place that he set up with you, for you? The place where you get to walk with Jesus day in and day out, hour by hour, you and your king? From that place, the place from which you join him in the renewal of all things? Like, are you Are you there? Because if you're a Christ follower, you've decided to be there. But as we said, we, sometimes we just get caught up and we're not. So is that, is that where you're at now? If the answer is yes, then would you, would you begin thinking, okay, what, what vows have I made that have kept me here? Or, or perhaps you could say, I'm here, but man, I come and go. Okay, then here's the question. How do I make a vow? Not just another mental ascent, but a vow to stay here. I would submit to you at first is a vow to prayer. It may take time for this picture to pull into focus, and that's okay. That's okay. But what does it look like for you to be a person of prayer? It's your first anchoring point to staying right where, you at, where you're at. And then if we're honest, probably for a lot of folks, when we look through the fog, we look around and go, actually, man, I'm somewhere else. I love Jesus, but I'm not, I'm not there. I, want to, I don't know why I didn't decide to leave, but I'm not home. If that's the case, I want to remind you the King of glory loves you more than you can ever begin to fathom. And it doesn't matter if you've done this five times or five million times. He is waiting for you to come home and he cannot wait to fling the door open wide. As soon as you dive in or walk in or limp in or crawl in, he cannot wait for you to come and you're welcome. So run to him. Run to him. The door will be open. The house will be ready just like you want it just be set up there for you. Don't be afraid. And then once you've got a moment to collect your thoughts, you ask yourself, okay, how do I end this cycle? What vows will I make to end this cycle? And again, I would submit to you, begin with a vow around prayer become a person of prayer. It might take a while for that to pull into focus. It might happen right now. It might not. That's all okay. 
But again, we want to cross this threshold where we do more than just mentally ascend to the idea and we become people marked by and governed by their carefully chosen vows.